Happy almost New Year and welcome to Mill City Church. We're glad that you're joining us here in this online digital only Sunday. We don't have too many of these anymore, but we are grateful that we are able to have a little break, especially for the staff at Sheridan School who would have to be working today. So we're grateful that you could join us this way digitally. My name is Stephanie. I'm the lead pastor here at Mill City. And if we haven't met yet, I hope that I get a chance to meet you sometime in the new year. If you want to get connected at Mill City, we would love to connect you. Uh, if you just go to millcitychurch.com connect, let us know who you are. We've got people who would love a chance to connect you up with the different things that God's doing through our community. Our mission at Mill City is to love our community in the name of Jesus. And so everything we do is about that mission. And as we look forward to 2022, we're going to have equipping hour classes starting in February. We're going to have opportunities for people to connect, for instance, the winter getaway at the end of January. There's so many different ways for our community to get closer to each other, to connect with God, and then most importantly for us to figure out how we can join God's mission, join in what God's doing in the world so that we can be people who love our communities in the name of Jesus. And so whether you are, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, wherever you learn, these are the communities that God has called us to love in the name of Jesus. And so we want to be about equipping you to do that. And I'm excited to share today even just a little bit about some of the hopes and, and dreams we have for 2022 as a church. But um, today I am so glad that you're with us as we're thinking about the, the last few days of the year and we're thinking about what God might have for us in 2022. I don't know if you're looking forward to 2022 with anticipation or trepidation or apathy or something in between, um, but I, I do wonder about this question about the New Year's resolutions. I wonder how many of you said that you are a New Year's resolution person. I would love for you to fill that out in the chat if you haven't yet. Um, because I find that people are just really different when it comes to how they look forward to a new year. And then I guess it depends on the year too. What's this year like? Do I even want to make any resolutions for this next year? And with all the uncertainty that we've faced over the last couple of years, I can imagine that some of you might have used to be, you used to, to be a New Year's resolution person, but you're not really anymore. Uh, and I, I'm somewhere in between. It kind of depends on the year. Um, but today, what I want us to talk about is how, uh, whether you're making plans for the new year already, whether you're feeling anticipation, trepidation, or something in between, I think there's an invitation, a specific invitation that God has for us as we step into this new year. And I want to offer that invitation to us today. Over the season of Advent, we were looking at the book of Isaiah, this prophet that wrote hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And so much of his writing was, was foreshadowing that Jesus was going to come as a Messiah uh, and this Messiah, this king, was going to be like no other leader that had ever come before, like no other leader that would ever come after him. And we've been talking about how Jesus was the king of all kings, right? The most amazing, righteous king. How he was a, a servant who served because he chose to serve. How, how Jesus was and is a victorious, mighty, victorious leader that has allowed us to be able to step with victory into the things that God has called us into. And I'm so grateful for Jesus as the, the, the person that came uh, a fully human, but also fully God to this earth and walked this earth, but also that Jesus went to the cross and after his ministry, he goes to the cross, he came back to life, was resurrected, and then gave us his spirit so that the Holy Spirit is with us. And so that we can have this invitation to have a relationship with Jesus and how our opportunity to join Jesus and to love in Jesus name is out of that relationship with him. And so as we look at one last passage in Isaiah today, the invitation for us to consider is the difference that Jesus makes as we're stepping into 2022. 
I want to look at Isaiah 43 with you. And this may be a passage that's familiar to some of you. Uh, maybe it's not. And whether you've ever read it before or never read anything in Isaiah, I just want you to listen to it today as I read it this first time. And just kind of ask God, what is it that, that you might be saying to me? And if you have a piece of paper, um, a notebook, or maybe an app on your phone or something like that, today is going to be a day where I encourage you to make some notes. Um, there's going to be a few minutes of reflection at different points as well. And so as you listen to Isaiah this first time, if there's certain lines that stick out to you, certain phrases, certain words, why don't you just write those down as they're kind of maybe being highlighted to you. Um, but Isaiah is this very poetic, poetic prophet. And so you'll hear some poetic imagery here in this passage in Isaiah 43. We're going to read verse um, 15 through 19, if you have a Bible. And then we'll put it up here on the screen for you as well. I am the Lord, your God the Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love the pictures that we see here. This picture of, of what God has done, made a way through the sea. Talking about how God set God's people free by parting the water so the people could walk through. And talking this, this picture about the chariots and the horses because the, the people of Egypt chased them out. But the, the ocean, the, the sea closed in and the people were able to make it to freedom. This, this picture that they look back on their history and they see God's faithfulness of re giving them freedom out of slavery, for instance. And then this, this turn to just say, well, forget the former things, though. On one hand, be faithful, yet forget the, look at God's faithfulness. But on the other hand, forget the former things and don't dwell on them. And I, I don't think that he means literally forget, but this idea of don't allow it to be your fixation because I am doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? What is this new thing that God is doing? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am excited for us to just dig into this just a little bit in a few minutes and think about um, some questions that might come from this text. But I think I'm not the only one who looks back on the last few years, a couple years, uh, maybe in the last few months and say, hey, I, I think I know what it's like to live in a wilderness season. I think a lot of us would describe the season that we have been in as a wilderness. Not everybody. It's been different for everyone. So this promise to perceive the way that, that, that there might be uh, springs that spring up in the midst of the wasteland, in the midst of the wilderness, is such a hopeful promise for us as we look forward to this next year. How is it springing up in our life? And I want us to talk about that today. But this reminded me of a story, actually. So some of you know that my husband and I, J.D., we have two canine children. <laughs> we don't actually plan on having any uh, human children. The canine ones are enough work. But my husband, JD, bought me a puppy for my birthday in March of 2020. All right, so let's just think about that for a minute. And uh, we already had one older dog, Chaco, and then, th then Obi was a surprise. So check out this video the minute that he came in and surprised me with Obi. What about that gal that's friends with everybody? What about that Happy gal? Happy birthday, birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! 
I genuinely was super surprised. I had no idea that he was going to get a puppy. We had talked about how we might want another dog, so he knew it was like a safe gift. But at the same time, I was so shocked. Uh, so now because Obi um, is grown up, you know, he's, he's almost two. He'll be two next month. Um, we have realized that he is the gift that keeps on giving. And so um, last year when Obi was uh, already a little over one years old, my birthday came around again. And I want to show you what happened on my birthday one year after I got that cute little baby puppy given to me. Check this out. All right. Oh my goodness, what did you give me for my birthday? <laughs> oh my goodness, Chuck. I just love that. And I think that for the next few years, we're just going to wrap up Obi and he's going to be um, my new gift every single year. But the reality is, is that just because you wrap up something <laughs> doesn't mean that it's brand new, right? Like it's, he's not new anymore. Now he's almost a two year old dog. And even though he still acts like a little puppy, he's, he's not a puppy anymore. And uh, I wonder if some of us feel like this when we look towards next year. Like we're hoping for something new, but we think that 2022 might just be wrapped up. And when we open the gift of 2022 in a new year, like inside is the same thing that we had before, except now it's bigger and not quite as cute. <laughs> and I don't know if you think about that next year, but I think about how like if you wrap something up and it's just the very same thing that you've already had, you know, it's not actually new. And so when we ask this question from this text, like what is the new thing that God might be doing? Sometimes I wonder, are we not perceiving it because we're just looking for the same thing and we're just kind of in our minds and our hearts saying, well, I'm just going to open this present and it's just the same thing. I just wrapped it up again for this new year. As I look to 2022, is this just a new year where it's like new year, same me? <laughs> okay. And I just want to encourage you today and say, there are some things that are going to be the same about 2022. There's things that are happening in 2021 that just because the ball drops or the countdown happens or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's not going to come with us into 2022. So I want to be realistic about that. Uh, you know, that OB the dog is still going to be a big dog in 2022. And when he's wrapped up for me in a few months on my birthday in March, um, he's, he's not going to be new, even if we try to make him feel new. So I'm not talking about forcing newness into a situation. I want us to be realistic about the ways in which the things we've faced and the things we've experienced very well might be a part of this next year. But at the same time, I do believe that God is a God who is constantly doing new things. And in the midst of the old things in the wrapping paper, that's the same stuff. In the midst of those things that, of course, we're going to continue to experience, God is doing a new thing. And here in this text, what we see is this question of if we're going to perceive it or not. One of the other passages that I really love that really echoes this part of Isaiah is in Revelation 21 where we see this vision of the new heaven and the new earth. This is at the end of the big God story, of course, this vision that we see of the future hope that we have. And uh, I just love it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture to think about this reality. And I just, I'll read what it says, Revelation 21, starting in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. 
This is a picture that John, who was one of Jesus' disciples, is writing as he gets this vision of this future hope. And, and Jesus is the one sitting on the throne saying, Behold, I make all things new. And as we looked over this last year, you'll remember, I'll, I'll put this image on the screen, uh, that we have looked at the big God story in four big parts. And we, we looked at the different genres of scripture all the way through 2021. And we saw that there's these four big parts of the big God story. Creation, disruption, redemption, and restoration. Creation, disruption, redemption, restoration. You can see this picture here. Creation is really in the very beginning of Genesis, of course. The disruption happens when sin and brokenness enter into the world. Um, in chapter 2 and 3, you see this breakdown happening, and you see that, that God's people didn't want to walk with God alone. They wanted to know what God knew, and, and it set off this disruption reality where there was brokenness within creation, there was brokenness within the people, and it took God's beautiful creation and it disrupted it. And while that disruption continues on in the story, what we see, I would say, around chapter 8 of Genesis and then going forward is when the story turns into a, the, the redemption part of the story, where God is the kind of God who says, I'm going to continue to make a way and continue to make a way for the humans. And this is going to be my redemption story. And then you go all the way through to the very end in Revelation where I just read, where we get this picture from Jesus' disciple John. And that's where we see the restoration, the future restoration, where there's no more crying, no more tears, no more suffering. For all things will be made new. But in the, the messy middle where we find ourselves, we are in the redemption part of the story. God's story is primarily a redemption part of the story. And in that redemptive part of the story, the disruption still affects our life. Obviously, it's not hard to see that brokenness is all around us. But God is always doing something new. And according to the prophet Isaiah, whether or not God's doing something new is not the question. It's whether or not we're going to perceive it. Will we perceive it? And that's one of the questions I have for us as we go into 2022. Will we perceive the new things that God's doing? Not ignore the things that, are, that we're still facing. Not pretend like the disruption's not there. But will we look for the new things that God is doing? And at the same time, will we look forward and will we hope in anticipation for the restoration of the story? Because we know that brokenness is not the end of the story. It's a part of our life now, but it's not the end of the story. And in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the disruption, we get to look for God's redemption. So I just have three questions, okay? And I want us to kind of do an exercise as I, as I do these three questions. Get out a piece of paper, grab a notebook, or um, maybe you could, you could use your phone app or whatever. But I just want you to be able to jot down a few notes. We're just going to take brief pauses, but I want to just create some space. Because I know if you're like me, I think, oh, it would be really good for me to sit down and reflect, but I don't always create that space. So we're going to create just a little miniature version of that space right now, okay? So get that out, and, and we're going to look at this passage, and we're going to say, uh, what are three, three questions that I would say are questions that will help us be prepared for the new things that God might be doing in 2022? And I noticed earlier that the question that I have, the big question of what God might be doing in 2022, um, actually is kind of cheesy and kind of rhymes. What's something new? What is the new that God might be doing in 2022? Uh, what might God do in, new in 2022? <laughs> um, it, it rhymes, it's cheesy, but the reality is, is that we remember things that are cheesy. So we're going to go with it. What might God do in 2022? That's our big question that we're asking. So I have three things from this passage in Isaiah that I think could prepare our hearts for that question. What might God do in 2022? All right. And so the first, they come right out of the story, right out of the text here in Isaiah. Uh, the first part, uh, looking back at God's faithfulness, and it says, um, verse 17, and it, it's looking back at, at how God has brought freedom and all of this. And then it comes to this space where it says that, God made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. 
So I wonder in this first question, how has God made a way for you in this last year? Whatever this last year looked like for you, where do you see evidence of God making a way? Because even though it's been challenging and we've gone through so much and there's been so much loss and heartache um, and there's been some wonderful things that you've probably experienced as well. Try to say where God was the one who made a way. You might not know for sure, but just take one minute and reflect. Write down your, the initial thoughts that come to your mind when you ask this question, how has God made a way for me in this last year? I know that that's not very much time for most of us, but um, I will give you the charge to take this with you and maybe reflect on it a little bit more if you do have time. But let's move to the second part that I want to ask. When you get to verse 18, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Like I said, I, I don't know that God is trying to say forget. I mean, we're not going to wipe our memory clean. I think what Isaiah is trying to communicate and what God's word is for us today is that, that dwelling on the past is different than remembering the past. This idea of dwelling or putting some of our cares and our worries and our hopes and our fixations on what has happened in the past, I will be the first to admit that I find myself dwelling on the past sometimes. Thinking about things I wish I'd done differently, thinking about the things that were most difficult in my life. And I want to encourage you, if you find yourself kind of stuck in that space of dwelling on the past and it feels like a stuck place, I just think that's a great conversation to have with a good friend. That might even be a great conversation to begin with a counselor. I know with my therapist, I have talked about the things that feel like they're, they're like hooking me and they're like, I'm dwelling on them and I almost feel like I can't control it. Talking that out and processing that with somebody who's a professional, such a great idea, but maybe even just starting with a close friend if you're feeling like really stuck there. But I just want us all to ask the question. Maybe, maybe it's not a place where you're feeling really stuck, but you do recognize that there is some things that you're dwelling on. And so I want us all to just ask this question. What have you been dwelling on? When you notice yourself just letting your mind wander, where does it go? Does it go to anticipation for what God's doing? Does it go to the question, what is God doing and, and how can I join in? Because that's not my natural default. I often dwell on the past. I often dwell on things I wish could be different. And so let's just be honest with God right now. What have you been dwelling on? And how might you need to release those things as you step into the end of 2021 and into 2022?
I love this next part, and I'm going to read a little bit further than I did earlier. Verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I love this picture because, um, first of all, you're wondering, what is this new thing? And, and the question that might come up right away is, how do I, you know, do I not perceive it? How do I get myself in a posture where I might perceive what it is that God is doing? Um, and, and I think that this next part is so beautiful too. This idea of these springs of water that's provided in the wilderness and these streams in the wasteland, this, this image of, of water and thirst. I do want to make a confession right now, and that is that um, I do have a New Year's resolution for next year. I may have, after years of not being someone who drank any soda, or not very much soda, I, I started drinking soda again this last year. And if you love your Diet Coke or you love your soda, like, no judgment. But I know that it's not something that my body loves for me to drink. <laughs> so I know that it's not good for me personally, and I'm thinking that this next year I want to go back to not drinking any soda. Um, but here's the thing that I've noticed about my my current behavior with the soda, and that is that uh, when I put it in my fridge, and it's right there next to a LaCroix, and of course my fridge has water that comes out of it, I I turn to this Diet Dr. Pepper or something when I'm super thirsty, even though I know, I know that the Diet Dr. Pepper doesn't actually quench my thirst, at least that's my experience. What really, when I'm really thirsty, what I really need is some water, probably just the regular water, not even the LaCroix that I really love. And, and I tell you this is my New Year's resolution because I feel like this is such a perfect image for what I wrestle with in my life. I know that it's true that God wants to give me what I need as far as the, the thirst and the desires and the things that I thirst after. And sometimes in life, we feel metaphorically parched and, and we know we're just feeling drained and we need God's love and we need our relationship with Jesus and we need the new things that God is doing, the ways that we can join in what God is doing. Those are the things that are going to quench that thirst but instead, we metaphorically choose the Diet Dr. Pepper that's not actually going to quench that thirst. And I don't know what that Diet Dr. Pepper represents for you, but I know for me, it represents so many things. The things that gets me distracted, uh, things that I love to do that are fun but don't really give me energy and don't get really give me life. Um, I think sometimes just being self-focused and thinking about the things that I hope for and I dream for that are really more about me than the people in my life and the calling that God has in my life. And at the end of the day, while it seems good to pursue my happiness, right, like that as a goal, that's not actually quenching the deep desires and thirst that I have to be a part of something bigger than myself, to join into what God's doing in the world. And so I don't know what that Diet Dr. Pepper represents for you, that thing that perhaps you dwell on. But God is inviting us to say, I am bringing springs. I am bringing uh, streams in the wasteland and I'm going to spring up uh, springs for you in the midst of what might seem like a desert wilderness. And the question that we see here from Isaiah the prophet is, will you perceive it? Will you perceive, will you be able to see the springs, the new things that spring up? The thing about things springing up is that they're not usually planned, right? You have to be ready for it. And I wonder this question, number three, what keeps us from perceiving the springs of what God is doing? What keeps us from perceiving what God is doing? And I think that's different for each one of us. But what are the distractions? What are the things that kind of keep our eyes anywhere but looking for what God is doing in our life? And I don't mean this in any sort of shame at all. Just coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, these are the things that seem like they get in the way of me really looking for what you're doing in the world. 
take just a minute to just try to be honest and write some of those things down. Um, because I think we've got a savior and a leader who says, you can be honest with me. I want you to see what I'm doing. Come to me and just be honest with the barriers that you might face. So what keeps us from perceiving what God might be doing? At the end of this passage that I just read, it said that it says that God is the one I will provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Why? To give my to my people to drink, my chosen people, the people I formed for myself so that they would proclaim my praise. When we look around to see what God might be doing in our life, this is about God, but it's also about us. God made us, formed us for the purpose of joining in what God is doing in the world and pointing that praise back to God when these good, wonderful things happen because we're joining in what God is doing. God made us to be people who were thirsty for what God is doing. God made us to be people who are thirsty for relationship with Jesus. And that's that invitation that we have then to say, as we look forward to this new year, but we trust that we're made for this. We're made for what God is inviting us into as we step in with expectancy into this new year. So once again, whether you are feeling some trepidation, some anticipation, or something in between when it comes to 2022. My invitation for you is could we together, you individually, your families, could we as a church, Mill City Church, could we enter into 2022 with expectancy of what God might do? Right, there's my rhyme again. What might God do in 2022? I don't know for sure what God's going to do. That's the reality of faith, is that there is no such thing as certainty. But I do feel that there is assurance that God is gonna be with us no matter what. And I don't know what God's gonna do, but I have some expectancy. I think in 2022, God is gonna help our community, Mill City Church, house people in our city who right now wouldn't have a place to live. I think that God's gonna do that through us. And I don't know how, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that God's gonna do that through us. I think that in 2022, there's gonna be people whose relationships are reconciled and healed, who right now they don't believe that's possible. I, I think that that's something that God can do, and I believe that for some of you. I think in 2022, there's going to be new ways that we're going to learn how to love Sheridan School. I don't know what those things are yet, but I have expectancy that if we keep pursuing our relationship with the school, that God's going to open up new ways for us to love these students, to love these teachers and faculty, and for us to, to con continue our beautiful reciprocal relationship here with Sheridan. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but I believe, I trust that there's ways that God's going to do that. I don't know for sure how this is going to happen in 2022, but I think that we're going to be people who are going to be continued to be shaped by scripture deeply. That even though the Bible is something that is difficult for us to understand and get our heads around 
and we might need to wrestle with it in different ways that it's going to shape us to be people who live more deeply into the words and the works and the ways of Jesus. I believe that's on the horizon for us as a church as we step into 2022. I think there's going to be uh, growth for us in intercultural humility, intercultural competence, intercultural humility, and racial justice. I think some of us as individuals and as a community, I think we're going to grow in that area. I think we're going to be humbled in ways that we need to be humbled in order to continue to step into uh, the model that Jesus gave us is laying down our lives to say, how can we be people who love and serve other people well? I think that in this next year, we're going to see people come to know Jesus. And it might not be on a Sunday morning. It might be, I don't know. But I think we're going to see that happen over backyard fences. I think we're going to see people come to know Jesus who maybe for the very first time in their life are open in a new way. I think that people are going to come to know Jesus through meals and around tables. And I, I, I don't know for sure, but I just, I have a sense that if we're open to what God's going to do in 2022, that that's something that's going to happen. I think there's people who are going to experience healing in 2022. Uh, and maybe it won't even be the healing that they're praying for and the specific ailment, but healing in a way that didn't even know they needed healing because someone's praying for healing for them and they experience it. I, I, I could go on and on, but I am intentionally choosing to say, I know there's going to still be hardship. I know there's still going to be things we have to work through, but I'm choosing to say, God, what might you do in 2022? Help me to perceive it. And that's my prayer for all of us. What might God do in 2022 in and through you, in your life, in your family, in your communities, and in us as Mill City Church? as we continue to live out our mission to love our communities in the name of Jesus. So that's my prayer for us this morning. Let me pray for you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for being a God who is doing new things that we see from this passage in Isaiah all the way to Revelation that you say, I am making all things new and I will make all things new someday. And so we ask you, God, to open up our eyes to how we can join into your redemption story. As we look forward to your future full restoration, how can we join in your redemption story now? And may it start with me. May it start with us. Redeem the things. Make new in us the things that you need to make new. And as we look towards 2022, may we know that you'll be with us no matter what we face. That even though there will be hardship and there will be struggle, there isn't certainty, but there's assurance that you'll be with us no matter what. And God, I pray that you would open up our minds and our eyes to how we might look and see you moving, the springs that you're springing up, the new things, that we would have eyes to see it, even as we continue to do what we need to do to work through uh, the trauma we've experienced, even as we continue to process the different experiences that we've had, that you would help us do that and process those things so that we can look forward with expectancy to what you're doing in this new year. Open up our eyes to see what you're doing. Attune our ears to hear your voice. And Jesus, we pray that you give us courage to respond and to follow after you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy New Year, everyone.